Welcome to An Artist's Journey, the podcast about creating and thriving as an artist. I'm your host, Malcolm Dewey, a full-time artist, and I'm living the artist's life. So let's begin. Welcome to An Artist's Journey podcast. Today, I'm happy to have as a special guest, Gavin von Vinson, Managing Director of Vinson's Canvases, South Africa's leading manufacturer of artist canvases. Welcome, Gavin. Thanks, Malcolm. Thanks for the kind intro. It's, uh, yeah, thanks for the opportunity to talk to you. I've, uh, as you know, I've been listening to your podcast and it's, uh, it's nice to be on this side of the mic. That's a pleasure, Gavin, and good to have you. Well, I'm going to launch straight in and uh, ask you, tell us a bit more about Vincent's Canvas's story and how it came about and how the business started. Yes, uh, it's an interesting story and something that you, you wouldn't expect. Uh, it started, it really started with my uncle, Wim van Winston. Some of the artists will actually still remember him. And this is going on about uh, 30 plus years now. He had a neighbor, uh, the same famous South African cricketer, Spook Hanley or Rupert Hanley as most, as most people know him. I think what a lot of people didn't know was that he was also an artist. So I don't exactly know how the interaction happened, but apparently he invited my uncle over and I can imagine over a beer asked him whether he would help him make an awning over his doorway which my, my uncle obligingly did, being, being neighborly. Okay. He comes from an engineering background, so I think this was up his alley. What I suspect happened is that my uncle used cotton for the awning. And Spook recognized this and said, well, look, why don't you try and make me a canvas? And that's, that's really how it started. That was, uh, that was uh, customer one in a sense. I think uh, Spook must have been very happy with that first canvas and started telling his, his other artist friends. And yes. it uh, really just started from that. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't preconceived at all. It really came across from this quite uh, serendipitous uh, interaction, which yes. is uh, which I guess is uh, the way some most businesses, small businesses, start. But it's it's a nice it's a nice story, and it's uh, it's interesting to think that uh, that's how we that's how we got going thirty plus years ago. Right. Mm. So your uncle saw an opportunity. Yes. And I, uh, and just ran with it. Yes, uh, at the time, and he he told me this later is that uh, the artists, uh, at least in the Gauteng, or, or at the time it was the Transvaal Joburg area, really didn't have access to good materials, at least canvases. At the time, there would have been sanctions in the country, so yeah. he obviously recognised that there's an there's an opportunity here, and it must have been because it was uh, it was very well received. You know, he started really out of his garage, and it reached a point where he decided, okay, let's let's make a go of this and and quit his day job, so to speak. But he was he was a one man show; he did everything himself. So I imagine the business grew steadily. How mm. did you get to join the business, uh, Gavin? That's uh, also something I didn't see coming. What actually happened is in '94, uh, my uncle emigrated to Perth, and he sold the company to my parents. I think that was a time when there was a lot of uncertainty and he was part of that, that mass exodus. My, my parents took it on and uh, it, was, it was nice that it did get sold within the family and it could keep the, the Von Winston name. And they, they ran with it. Uh, my parents, in retrospect, uh, made, a, made a great, a great uh, team. They, um, they, uh, they both had a deep care for the artist. 
Uh, my mom was a complete extrovert. Uh, my dad, also coming from an engineering background, did a lot of the a lot of the grunt work of putting in systems, creating processes, really trying to get the business something something uh, that's a that wasn't just a mom and pop operation. Something that was better able to serve the artist. But it was it was very humble beginnings. We had to do everything. We had to make our own machinery. We had to write programs from scratch. Um, in fact, that's still how we how we operate now. It was uh, you had to you had to work quite lean and mean. So everything we did was, or at least everything that that drove him at the time was to try work cost effectively. Um, and it, it kind of underlying this whole lot was to keep the product affordable. And that's 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 what drove him at the time. And and it was this it was this uh, wonderful relationship that they over the years uh, had with the artists, and they really got to know them personally. And in fact, today I uh, you know they still they still ask me how your how your parents doing. So I joined. Uh, I finished my engineering degree, and I joined the company in two thousand and six. Fortunately, I came into a running business, and I really had to just keep doing what we. I've always been doing, um, but try try improve on it. So as as you as what happens when you come fresh out of college, you know nothing about nothing, and uh, I tried to learn on the as best I could on the fly. And in fact, I'm still I'm still learning all the time today. And it's been it's been a journey. I'm beginning to enjoy the business now. It's uh, it's yeah. wonderful working with artists. Uh, it's got the problems that all small companies have. But uh, we we've got a good team at the moment. We've got some some great people that we're working with. Yeah, I'm, as I sit here now, I'm feeling very optimistic about about where we're at. Oh, that's excellent, Gavin. You mentioned you graduated with an engineering degree, and uh, I'm just wondering yes. what the connection is there between manufacturing canvases. <laughs> Do I get to use any of my engineering? Yes, I, I often get that question. Uh, in fact, well, the question I get more often is whether I can paint. Um, <laughs> I mean, you, I guess you you never really know what you use of your of your studies. Uh, but I do. Uh, I am essentially an engineer at heart, um, which does uh, afford me the opportunity to to work on machines, to uh, have a critical thinking uh, with processes, with systems, um, yeah. be very uh, critical of the numbers. But uh, yeah, you have to uh, learn to be a little bit of everything. You got to try um, have have a good finances, have a good product, get your head around marketing practices. Mm. But we we are a you know it's fortunately we are a family business and affords uh, yes. um, me some slack. You know, we, our business has never been about uh, ruthless practice. We've it's been very much about having a personal relationship with the artist, and so, uh, that's that's mm. been good. So I imagine you grew up though with um, yeah. seeing your parents involved in the business, your uncle as well, and it must have been yes. a regular part of your your life as well, seeing um, these canvases and artists coming back and forth. Yes, yes, we uh, we operated out of the house. I was I was a I was a little kid running around, and I remember so vividly uh, these canvases that lined our passageway. And our lounge and artists used to come and visit us and talk to us. And I guess it must have uh, had an effect on me. And I was being exposed to to this world. Um, yes. So studying engineering, I never thought I would get into the business. But uh, I'm glad I did. 
it's uh, nice to be uh, nice to be part of this industry. But yeah, it was very humble beginnings out of a out of a home. We're now able to operate out of a factory. And um, just listening to you talking about mm. um, your engineering background and and you mentioning that uh, one needs to wear different hats. And I think mm. uh, what you're saying is very true for artists listening as well. Yes, you need to not only be a good artist, but uh, you need a, to put on a, a business hat as well. Yes, I think the days of the luxury, I guess, of just being able to sit at your easel and paint are are gone. Particularly our, our artists have to put significant amount of time into marketing themselves, getting out there. Yeah, you've got to be a, almost a jack of all trades, I guess, to be able to, to cut it. Um, right. It's, it's not easy. It's not easy. Gavin, can you uh, tell us a bit more about the products that Vincent's produces and uh, where people can get in touch with you guys? Yes, our main product is a custom-sized, custom-made canvas. And that's really where our niche is, is where an artist can come to us with, we can make the exact uh, size that they want, have some choice with cloth top and uh, in in particular some uh, choice with their finish. Um, right. So that that's our core core business, and that's what we what we mostly do during the during any working day. What became a natural progression of that was to restretch original artworks. Um, these okay. would typically come from the galleries or even the artists themselves. And that interestingly, that side of the business is growing. Possibly going to over overtake canvases. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, right. a lot of canvases coming in rolled form from the galleries from the artists where they need to be restretched and. Uh, and put onto a stretcher frame. It is quite. It can be tricky. The artworks that we are dealing with can be very expensive, and yes. sometimes they're not in the best condition. So we've had to be uh, very careful about the working environment, uh, the way we handle artworks. But it's it's been good. It's uh, we've been forced to learn uh, skills about about stretching that otherwise we we wouldn't have had to have learned so those are the two main things i think the the, the next biggest part of the business would be the uh, custom gilded frames that you would have seen on the website right but, uh, yeah we deal directly with the artist we you won't find any of our products in the art shops and we've been quite intentional about keeping it that way the best way to always get all of us is to pick up the phone but uh, we are developing the online component of our website and uh, guys can order and and get most of the information from our website. We've been putting uh, quite a bit of work into into that. Right. I, I can see from your website, Gavin, that um, you can select the size and etc. and just uh, send a request through yes. so that people can get hold of you quite quickly yes. that way. Gavin, over the years, I'm sure you've dealt with uh, many great artists. Yes. Can you tell us any memorable uh, stories or fulfilling experiences you've had with some of these characters? Just purely from uh, hanging out with them, you do get to know the artists uh, more than uh, more than uh, the general public. There's been some some varied experiences, some some good, some interesting. Uh, one that always that always I think I'll take to my take to my grave is um, when I was asked. I, I, in fact, I just joined the business, so I was quite I was quite young and, and vulnerable and and wet behind the ears. Anyway, I, I like to go and do some deliveries myself, and I went to go visit this lady artist. And um, as they do, they invite you up for a cup of coffee, and I sat there. And then she started looking at me and said, "Listen, won't you, 
won't you uh, take off your clothes so that I can paint you? So I, so, okay. I had to kind of take a moment there and said, did I, did I hear you correct? She says, no, no, we'll do a, we'll do a photo shoot and we'll, we're going to make this wonderful painting. And so I guess, oh, what, do you, what do you do? I thought, oh, okay. I guess you're the customer. If you want me to strip, I'll strip. Anyway, she was, uh, she was very gracious. And as I was unbuttoning my jeans, she says, no, no, you can keep those on. So I, I sighed a breath of relief. Um, but uh, I'm actually surprised of how how far I was willing to go. Anyway, what ensued was this uh, very intense uh, photo shoot uh, of me holding these various poses. I had no idea where this was all going. And in fact, she said, "Thank you very much," and uh, I'll, uh, I'll you'll see the painting. And the next time I saw that painting was at the Joburg Art Fair, which, as you know, is quite a big. Sure quite a big event painting was massive it was a ginormous canvas which we'd obviously made but i was painted literally one-to-one life size holding various poses and uh i'd actually need to show you the uh show you the image um the photo one day of the artwork but uh i'm doing various acts of one i'm I'm spearing a leopard the other one i'm i'm grabbing uh grabbing a lady who's trying to escape my grasp it looks like i'm about to <coughs> do kinds of all kinds of horror <laughs> nasties to her so it, i stand there stood there in front of this painting looking at this lot and a gentleman came stood next to me and he started looking at the painting then looking at me and looking at the painting mm. and i could see that he was beginning to make the connection yeah needless to say i didn't uh, spend very long at the Joburg art fair uh, yes <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was quite uh, it was quite an experience for me and uh, something that so, will stay in my memory. Well, you had a new career option there, Kevin. <laughs> I wonder you know, if the, the canvas thing doesn't work out, I can always go into yeah. male model. Another I, example of an artist economizing very wisely and using resources available, yes. <laughs> even if it's the delivery guy. <laughs> yes, I realize she. <laughs> No, she didn't have to pay for anybody. There, there it was. So yeah, in fact, so we don't just do canvases. If you need me to <laughs> take off my clothes, then I will. Apparently, I'm I'm very willing to oblige. Well done. And no Deborah. charge. <laughs> it's a free service. Our business is going to go up. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, moving on to a little bit more uh, mundane okay. subject, um, Governor. I'm curious about the wide range of uh, Belgian linen canvases that you offer. And I think Winston's only place I've been able to access so many different uh, types of Belgian linen. What is uh, so special about it compared to the regular cotton range? Yes, uh, Belgian linens, most artists would would recognize the name. In fact, you give them a linen to paint on and you can just see how they... How they just love it. Their eyes light up. Mm. You would have experienced this for yourself uh, with your with your massive amount of experience. Is it just it just paints beautifully. The way the paint uh, takes onto the canvas, the irregularity of the weave. Uh, there's something very organic about mm. about a linen. It carries a history that's been trusted. Uh, you know, this is going back to the time of the old masters where they worked on. It is it is a beautiful it is a beautiful material. It's got a lovely color. What's nice today is that we've got a very wide range of linens. Density of weave, the roughness, uh, the preparation type. You can be very specific about uh, what you would like to paint on, and invariably there'll be a linen to to suit your needs. 
So it's it's a it's a it's a big range, and the sample books that I get out of Belgium uh, are are testament to this. So it's I've actually had the opportunity to go visit the factories in Belgium and uh, see how they prepare the canvas. And it's interesting for me that it's it's not as mechanized as what I thought it would be. They're still doing a lot of the sizing and priming by hand, drying, and uh, it's uh, still using the same materials they were they were using uh, a few decades. Decades back. Yes. So it is It is lovely material. Having said that, the, the cotton duck and the polyester cloth, the two local cloths, uh, do the job very well. In fact, most artists are still uh, working on cotton. It's it's a very versatile cloth. But, yeah, I must say, the if I'm to be critical of the whole product range, I, I tend to gravitate towards the polyester. Just from the test that I've been doing in the factory and what I've seen other artists do with it, uh, it seems to be the most stable out of all the out of all the class. It doesn't it doesn't suffer from getting slack or having any of the problems that cotton or even linen has, like uh, possible mildew or, or bacteria. Yes. Not that that happens often, but uh, it is it is nice today that we've got such variety of materials to work with: the linens, the cotton, and the polyester. That is a nice balance between. Yes. Uh, modern materials or if you want to have something that is a bit more traditional or a bit more romantic i suppose then uh, you can paint on the yes. same stuff the old masters used that's great the linens are unfortunately uh, expensive and that's why as you said it's nice to be able to have that that range if you want to work on on local cloth right. and it's still you still got a good material looking on your website as well and i'm seeing some amazing canvas uh, creations and mm. obviously very uh, interesting commissions that you've had over the years yes. um, some massive canvases as well what has yes. been the, the largest canvas you've had to deal with yeah it's uh, the we had to make a very large one uh, this year in fact which is quite recent um, we have an artist uh, Lionel Lionel Smith down in the Western Cape he wanted to see how big we could go, actually go one of those open-ended questions. Uh, the timing was actually quite good because we had just developed an aluminium profile it was, uh, that we were actually still experimenting with. And I thought, well, this aluminium would actually be quite good product to use uh, for making a very large canvas. Mm. Um, we just wouldn't have the, the strength. So anyway, we, we, it, was a, it was a pilot project and we, we were limited to the width of the canvas, which was three meters final size that we came up with was 2.8 by 6 meters it might be difficult to imagine how big that is but it's it's big i'd say probably the size of a double garage door if not bigger yeah easily when we had this thing standing upright i thought oh this is this is big and uh then the next problem came is how are we going to transport this this massive yes. canvas it just so happened that the largest flatbed truck we could hire was just over six meters so this thing managed to get in the back there with the doors only just closing and uh it made it all the way down to the western cape in one piece in fact i got the opportunity to see the canvas um yesterday afternoon i'm down here at the moment and it's still perfectly dead straight which is uh which is wonderful about using aluminium but it was a it was a fun project and it's nice to see see what is possible be great to see the final result i hope you get a picture of that yes i hope so too i think he's going to end up mm. using a lot of paint to, yeah, to cover it lots of paint and a big brush yes <laughs> it's interesting how yeah. artists are beginning to push the boundaries these days and i mm. see much more experimentation 
lately, at least within the last 12 months than what I've seen previously, um, especially on different shaped canvases. We've got another artist here, Zander, who, Zander Blom, who paints on the rear side of a linen and gets uh, some very interesting and beautiful effects on that. And okay. guys really just thinking, thinking beyond the traditional shapes and yes. they're using canvases in ways that I actually never th- conceived. So it's keeping us on our toes, and it is uh, it is it is interesting, and we uh, it's forcing us to also think about different shapes as well. Oh, that's excellent! You know, I think um, sometimes as local artists, if I can just comment on that, is that we think uh, everything is happening overseas, but I, I think a lot of South Africans are mm. doing unusual work and groundbreaking work as well. I'm sure mm. you've observed some of that yourself. It's interesting to see guys. Uh, how well their work is being received overseas places like basel in in germany and they doing very very well so i think by world standards we've got we've got fantastic talent in this country there's no doubt about it i think the world is beginning to recognize us we've got artists exhibiting uh in america uh in perth uh in australia uh in europe it seems to be growing and it's encouraging to see and uh, it's uh, it's 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 nice to see how artists, how the how the type of work is being received overseas. I, I suspect it's something that they ordinarily wouldn't get locally. True, and uh, what you say sort of leads me to my mm. next thought, and and how um, artists are dealing with the economic pressures of of these times. And yes. I wanted to also ask you about uh, Winston's canvases have been around for a long time now, since 1986, mm. which which speaks volumes about mm. its ability to sustain itself through ups and downs and what would you say the secret to business success has been for Winston's? Yes uh, I mean at the heart of it I think we live by the grace of God Uh, we are just uh, grateful to still be in business but uh, you're absolutely right it's it's been a difficult uh, couple of years Uh, we certainly feel it as well Uh, we're in the same boat same boat as the artist I think for us, it's been quite important to find ways in which that in ways in which we can keep our product price down. Um, mm. You know, the temptation is just to pass on any uh, supply increases onto the artist. That would probably be the easiest thing to do, but it's it's the most lazy. So we we try to spend a significant amount of our time and resources to find ways of of working better without trying to compromise on the quality it's all very well using the best wood the best canvas the best primer but uh, we don't want to become we don't want to become unaffordable that's uh, where we're at at the moment offer a for a very good product have a good service at a at a fair price Right. It's it's not always easy, and you want to you you want to watch for consistency from your suppliers, from your own manufacturing techniques. Yeah, what we've seen, mm. um, I'm sure most artists going to the local art shop is, mm. and they come across um, a lot of the imported canvases that are they seem on the face of it to be quite cheap. Yes. But when comparing the authentic uh, craftsman-made mm. canvas that you produce and uh, these imported varieties, yes. there's a vast difference in quality. Mm. I think uh, you've probably seen a few horror stories yourself with uh, poorly made imported mm. canvases as well. Yes, you've, uh, you've exactly uh, hit the nail on the head. You can go to an art shop and you can buy a canvas uh, relatively cheaply. And to be honest, I think... I, I would suspect that it does the job on the smaller sizes. 
But when you start getting onto anything uh, very large, you, you face the danger of canvas bending or warping or, or possibly running to problems with uh, a thin material. I think for part of the challenge for us will be to educate the artist on what a good and a bad canvas is. Um, uh, you know, they might go for something slightly cheaper and uh, if you want to do an important work and paint it onto a, a substrate that's not gonna it's not gonna last, then uh, you're gonna regret it regret it later. And this is part of the process is just to to educate the artist. We'll we'll see uh, hopefully that uh, you know we can keep our our niche in the market where we do make a product that is better that mm. you can get get anywhere else. And we've got to work hard at keeping it keeping that quality up there because I right. I believe it does it is important for the artist, uh, especially any artist worth their salt. Exactly, <laughs> from an artist point of view, the canvas is. It's not simply another piece of um, equipment or uh, just uh, treated like a piece of stationery or something. There's uh, there's something special about a fine-made canvas. You know, I went. Uh, I had an interesting experience. I went to the Van Gogh Museum some some years back, and I got to see the materials that uh, Vincent Van Gogh worked on. It was a wonderful, wonderful exhibition to see these to see these works. Uh, they had one section where they actually showed the canvases that he worked on and the stretcher frames and the stretcher bars. And what struck me is that uh, the way a canvas is made now and then actually hasn't changed that much is something, and I, I kind of like that. Uh, there's something beautiful about this this product. Uh, we're dealing with natural materials here like wood and canvas, primer, and there's something very beautiful about the canvas right and for us we you know it's i i see it as something more than as you mentioned the materials that the artist works on obviously he's, he's going to use good brushes and good paints but the mm. canvas is actually the the support on which the artwork lives and it's a critical piece of the of the final artwork for us we we realize this and we we take a real sense of pride in seeing a final artwork that's been painted on on our canvas because it, uh, in a small way, we feel like we've been part of this this process. But I love that we manufacture something that gives a tangible product that you can smell and touch and see, and that it's yes. a, as an object in itself, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing. That's very true. That there, mm. there's a real sensory thing about about the canvases, and I find even especially with the the Belgian ones, they have a, mm. a certain uh, smell yes. to them as well, which you have to be alone in your studio and and just uh, otherwise people <laughs> people think you're acting a bit weird. But <laughs> that you eye on your clips again. They are yes, they are just <laughs> lovely things to work with, especially the um, oil prime linens. That's got that uh, which I, you've also uh, been recently working on. Is it? Uh, it's got a very distinctive smell and it just fills the studio. I think it's like catnip for artists. I just uh, I just love it. <laughs> Just staying with the the canvas uh, quality and mm. etc. It's it's one thing to to have a good quality canvas. Mm. Um, is there any special uh, care instructions that we should keep in mind? I'm mm. thinking also with collectors once they take delivery of a of a painting. Yes. Um, pretty much something they can just hang up and forget about, or mm. some th- some things they should look out for to make sure their canvas lasts for many years? Yes, yes. Well, you've touched on something else that's very important, is uh, why canvas is so good for collectors. Um, mm. For exactly that, it's easy to for them to transport and to hang. 
Um, right. And as a as a canvas, as a support structure to work with, is uh, is very conducive for at least, especially for overseas uh, purchases. They can they can buy it and take it off the stretcher frame and roll it up, and take it take it back. And uh, that's exactly it. The question is, will it be safe to take this artwork off the stretcher frame, uh, roll it into a tube and for the artist, uh, or at least for the collector to take it back home. And from my experience, I've seen that the canvas, especially those done in acrylics, are very flexible and quite hardy. In fact, we get a lot of artworks coming from the galleries that have come in a tube. And uh, when you unroll them, uh, generally, unless it's being painted very thick in oils that have dried up, it's it's uh, they're in good shape. Yes. Um, it's been something that we've been giving some airtime to as well. Uh, I recently did a whole batch of canvases, uh, primed them, painted them, and I've left them out in the sun on my porch at home. And I'm trying to do an accelerated age testing where I see how long will it take before the primer cracks or there's a brittleness in the paint and uh, that's going on some months now it's been exposed to the direct sun and the rain and so forth and i'm i'm happy to see that uh that canvases are are in good shape i know we've got some swabs dating back from 92 where we did similar tests fortunately and i think for us the flexibility in the primers is quite critical here and there's still that that we're still seeing so the canvases are are hardy uh, particularly hardy, uh, hardier than what you might uh, suspect. Look, first prize is always going to be not to take the canvas off the stretcher frame. Uh, you don't want to release any of the tensions that are in the cloth. But it's it it is obviously it's easier to transport in a tube, and it can be done. There are some practices uh, that you should follow, um, such as uh, rolling the painting with the painted surface on the outside, and of course on a wider wider tube as possible. But yes, it can be with some with some common sense. It can be safely done. Um, just want to touch uh, as a point of interest the wedges on the back of the yes. canvas. Should that be something collectors should worry about? The wedges, and you'll see them on even in the canvases that you buy in the art shops. They'll come with a little packet of of plastic wedges. Yeah, I'm not sure how well they work. But uh, they, <laughs> they don't work. They don't work. <laughs> <laughs> And in fact, uh, people now expect to see them, uh, whether they know what it does or not, I'm not sure. But uh, it does it does serve an important function, um, uh, especially with cotton and polyester. Uh, what you can see with changing seasons or changing temperature or humidity is that the canvas relaxes. It doesn't, uh, doesn't always happen, but it can happen. The canvas could become quite floppy, in which mm-hmm. case you turn it, turn it around and take a little hammer and you tap in the wedges. And they don't need it to be tapped in very far, and then the whole, the whole stretcher frame tightens up. This is the point of why a stretcher frame is called a, a strainer. Is exactly this: is that the corners can expand. It's not a, it's not a fixed frame. So that in any lifetime, at any time in the lifetime of that canvas, the the wedges can be tapped, and the whole thing, the whole canvas, be made tight. And it's 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 a it's a safe process. It's it's going to be almost impossible to tap in those wedges so mm. hard that the canvas tears. But yes, I think it's it is it is necessary. In fact, if a canvas ever bends, uh, there's also a technique of tapping in the wedges that'll straighten the the whole canvas out. I see. We touched a bit earlier on um, your gilded frames that you make, and yes. I do um, 
find them some of the most beautiful things. And I th- I'm sure all artists would covet these uh, handmade frames. Tell us a little bit more about how that came about and, and uh, how they put together. It's been a particularly fun part of what we do as well and particularly satisfying uh, to get an artwork and to to come up with a molding for that artwork and to give it a very specific gold or silver leafing uh, with washes. Um, specifically for that artwork is a, is a process and it, you can end up with something that's that's, that's very beautiful. Um, mm. It came about uh, also rather by accident. Uh, my dad was visiting our artist, John Mayer, and uh, at the time, he, I think he was having some difficulties with his frame. He says, look, would you guys try make up a, a molding for me? He actually wanted a signature molding that nobody else in the market had. And they sat down together and they looked at some profiles. Uh, we said, yeah, let's let's have a go at this. And, uh, they came up with uh, a profile called uh, JM1, John Mayer 1. And uh, that's how it started. What we saw is that uh, other artists also wanted their own signature molding. And so the range over years, over many number of years, started to, started to expand. What was unique is that the frame was specifically designed for that artwork. Uh, so it wasn't your typical cut and join framing that you, you see, but mm. something that was specifically yielded, specifically uh, colored for that artwork. Um, so very low volume. Yeah, it's, that's how it came about. As we, as we are now, there's, the range has grown. It's still fairly limited. And we still have these uh, signature moldings and artists can come to us and we can sit down together and and look at profiles and come up with a, with something for them. Uh, I know, I'm glad you still appreciate framing. <laughs> it's, uh, it's encouraging to hear there's guys all seeing the expense of framing and deciding to leave artworks unframed. But having said that, I still believe that uh, artwork with a, a frame can really can really help an artwork or decreases yes. its perceived value. Yeah, no, a, a good frame really does finish it off just right yes. and it creates more of an event out of that painting. So it's definitely true. Yes. I must say the, the trends are changing. Uh, very little gold leafing is uh, being requested. It's a lot of silver leaf and mm. very clean, uh, crisp frames, almost uh, white finishes. But okay. it's, it's changing all the time and we'll see which way the trends go. Um, mm. But actually, you, you you should your starting point should be the artwork. Um, right, Gavin. I've been looking also on your uh, Facebook page of Winston's canvases, mm-hmm. and uh, there's some nice photos of there of where Winston's have been providing mm. canvases to some up and coming artists mm. or um, perhaps artists that haven't got the financial means yes. at their disposal, um, which looks like a great initiative. Can you tell us a bit more about that? It's something that I that we should have been. I'm not sure why we haven't been doing uh, more of this. It's uh, it's it's kind of obvious. We develop a small pile of wood and canvas from making custom sizes, mm. and it's quite easy for us to make up small to medium sized canvases, uh, even linens. Really, just give these away to to various causes or various artists. At least over the last two years, we've been trying to be put a concerted effort towards us. Um, and when you start to look, you see that there's opportunity everywhere 
for example, the foot and mouth painters, uh, I think they're down in your part of the world. They've been a great, great organization to be associated with, and they do, they absolutely do phenomenal work. Uh, it's inspiring to see what they, they do on our canvases. And there's, there's various uh, schools that do support emerging artists. And for us to be able to send canvases their direction is uh, is intrinsically very motivating. I think for us, it's, you know, we, we're not expecting anything to come of it. Uh, it's, a, it's a way that we can help give back to the art community. You never know. One day, maybe one of these artists will become rich and famous and they'll remember us. That is just the thing. You, you never know that uh, your uh, contribution may go a long way to getting somebody starting off a new career in a country where we need so many people to be self-employed will certainly help yes. you know any artists I, that need that it, need this help you know exactly and i think underlying it is there is an empathy for the artist there uh, especially mm. from us as a company it's you know materials are expensive uh, paints are expensive brushes are expensive a winston's canvas is not a is not a cheap and nasty product we've got to we've got to try help where we can and there's the wonderful thing about living in this country is that there is opportunity and uh, we can help there are some very good emerging artists coming up uh, and they just oh, need, yeah. they just need they just need an opportunity a little foot up and hopefully right. we can be a small a very small part of that process Oh, that's that's fantastic moving on to you a little I think yes. um, what do you what? What does Gavin von Rinsen get up to in his spare time? Why you mentioned, I think yeah. you you're not really an artist as such, but uh, what do you do to unwind? Yeah, I was going to ask you the same question: how you went from law to being an artist? <laughs> <laughs> I, I had to keep my sanity somehow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That so it was an easy choice in the end, but a lot of sleepless nights, I guess. But anyway, that's a that's another story. Yeah, I can only sit on the sidelines and look at artists with with awe because I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I just I can't even uh, paint a, a stick figure. In fact, I often joke that the only thing I can paint is the white stuff on the canvas, um, <laughs> and even sometimes then it's uh, it's questionable. <laughs> So yeah, I, I can I can uh, enjoy the art. I've learned to develop my own tastes for for particular types of art over the years. But for myself, I want to I want to say the cliche. I like long walks on the beach and, and reading books. But it's <laughs> and actually I do really love uh, really love the ocean. And uh, if I could spend my days surfing, I would. And it's a, it's a bit frustrating being up here in in Joburg and not being able to do that. But yeah, as you know, living in Joburg's uh, not for sissies, and I do quite a bit of cycling to stay safe. Fortunately, the business allows me to do many trips. I can come down and visit uh, artists like yourself. And uh, all under the guise of business, I can spend a few days at the ocean. And um, I'm, I'm trying to do more of that. And uh, hopefully, and it's good, it is good. It's, it's a nice thing to be able to do. And I'm hoping to do more of that. As, uh, oh, that, sounds, that sounds good. Mm. I think um, you need to mm. visit some of the great surf spots down on the East Coast as well. World famous. Uh, You've got some great surfing down there. Yeah, we do. We uh, do unfortunately, your your waters are quite chalky, which I'll have to. I guess I'll have to toughen up a bit. And uh... mm, yeah, but you know, you'll find them laid back, just like we are. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so anyway, on your next canvas order, I think I'll do the delivery myself. We'll uh, we'll show you a few spots, um, Gavin, and I'm sure you'll enjoy it. Thank you. Well, if anybody wants to know why the, the business is going down, you can see where where it all started from. <laughs> Gavin, just to really wrap up, I think um, 
we've touched on on many yeah. things um, that are going on at the moment and uh, and the past of your business but looking ahead what challenges or projects lie ahead how do you see the future or let's say the f- next year or two panning mm. out yes for us the the biggest challenge will be to keep our a costing, a costing down of the product. Um, we don't want to price ourselves uh, completely out of the market. And we're going to have to be quite uh, smart and in- ingenious about how we can operate lean and mean. The general sentiment out there is, is I would say, cautiously optimistic. As I obviously get to talk with uh, many artists every day. And at the end of the day, uh, the artist is still, all he can do is paint and he is still painting. And, um, I'm optimistic. I see guys are—they're honing their craft. They're getting—they're getting. Some are getting a big exposure overseas, and I'm—I'm I'm quite excited about the the art scene um, in the manufacturing industry, where there's a lot of doom and gloom. We've only—we've only been seeing uh, from our side. We've been—we've um, been consistently busy, and again, by uh, hopefully. By the grace of God, we can keep it that way. But it's, I think, for the next few months, uh, next year, I think we're still on a we're on an upward trajectory. It's, it's we've got we've got such fantastic talent in this country, and guys are doing great work. So yeah, we must all just, I guess, work together. And and uh, I, for us, I think to keep that relationship strong with the artist, uh, to keep on listening to them, to see what, to to never get uh, blasé or to relax and just. Keep mm. keep listening to what their real needs are, and and um, and to stay yeah. humble and to stay learning and to learn from the artist. That that is the most important. I think what you say there about not being complacent and mm. and uh, taking action is so important. Yeah, you know you can con- you can conceive all kinds of weird and wonderful ventures, but at the end of the day, uh, at least for us, we've got to you know the way the business started, the way. Uh, stretching original artworks came about the way framing came about was really um, listening to the artist mm. and seeing okay this is their needs and, and responding to that you know not not uh, running away and saying well look this is what we do and if you take it or leave it but actually trying to I think underlying it all of this is trying to help the artist trying to be trying to be on their side um, saying yes. you know we there's an empathy there we want to help we want to we want to see how we can come to the party, right. and as you say, you know, as an as an artist, you can never become complacent, and for us, we can we can never become complacent. Well, Gavin, that's that's been fantastic, and uh, I think we artists are quite lucky to have a company like yours and uh, producing such world class materials. Yeah, I encourage anyone who hasn't tried your uh, materials, give give it a go, and I'm sure they'll be won over very quickly. Thanks, Malcolm. I think we, you know, we're grateful for the artists that we do have, and mm. we want to look after them. And without the artist, we're nothing. You know, a lot of artists don't know about us. As you say, we're not in the art shop, so hopefully well, over time we can uh, get to be a bit, bit better known. Gavin, I want to th- really thank you very much for being on the show i'm sure that there are many artists out there very interested in what you guys get up to and uh, the products you make so you can expect a few calls i'm i'm sure in the near future i want to wish you guys a lot of success and and continued growth and and uh, mostly that you get to enjoy what you're doing and and also get a chance to do a bit of surfing (laughs) thanks welcome for the opportunity it's been it's been fun i look forward to speaking later good man thanks gavin we'll chat again soon cheers for now 
want to give a special thank you to Gavin van Vincent for joining me on the podcast today. It was great having him as a guest. And if you want to find out more about the fantastic products produced by Vincent's Canvases, please visit uh, vincentscanvases.co.za or check them out on Facebook. As always, this podcast brought to you by Learn to Paint with Impact, the comprehensive foundation painting course. In Learn to Paint with Impact, I will go through the foundation for a strong composition and painting. Over seven hours of video demonstrations and lessons, together with assignments and an ebook that you can download. You can find out more about Learn to Paint with Impact at malcolmdeweyfineart.com and how you can join the course. Thank you for joining me on this uh, podcast. And if you enjoyed the episode, please give it a like and a share. And uh, I will see you soon on the next podcast. Cheers for now. <laughs>